All right, welcome to the This Week in Golf podcast, and we're talking about it all. The merger, the Women's U.S. Open, Live London, and the John Deere Classic, and of course, the big news all season long, really, has been this merger between the PGA and Live. so I get into that. Uh, I'm just going to quickly go over the U.S. Open for the women's that was at Pebble last week, and that was won by Allison Korputz with... A nine under par. She was 10 under at one point in time. And I think she ended up shooting a final round 69, three under par, and really ran away with it. I wouldn't say, but yeah, that's a good way to put it. She uh, she got off to a fast start with a couple of birdies. She kept the pressure on. She got to 10 under at one point in time. So really never had any, no one really challenged her, but she shot three under at the final day at Pebble. Um, and a shout out to Charlie Hole, who also shot a final round 66. She did get to six under for second and, you know, was just too far behind to overcome it. But shit, six under par in the final round. That's pretty darn good. And John Deere Classic, Sepp Straka um, ran away with it, 62 on Sunday. And so he gets the win, a non-elevated event, but nonetheless, his first win and an up-and-coming player, so doing good. All right, let's get to the, the meat and potatoes, the stuff you want to hear about. And, you know, I started this podcast this year. I think we're almost towards the end of the PGA season, about 30 episodes in now. And this uh, it's been a good year to start it with this live PGA merger and all the... Uh, Drama, so much drama in the world, as Tupac would sing. Um, yeah, so what did we learn this week? This week there was a, I don't know, if, I guess it was a con- congressional subcommittee, although Rand Paul was there, so it must have been the Senate. Um, they had a they had a hearing where they called everybody into the room to get some to get some clarification. And let's, uh, what did we learn? What did we learn? And I guess the question I'd like to to throw out to to you is, who do you think is in control of this situation, of this merger? Who is who is the controlling force behind it all? And you know, to me, it's quite obvious who's controlling the merger in the situation, and that is the Saudis. Like it or not. So here's the agreement, uh, what we learned in the Senate hearing. It's an agreement to make an agreement. It's not a merger. (laughs) What they announced was an agreement to make an agreement, which is funny. Um, But this whole thing so far has just been the process of getting like the shock out of the way and getting buy-in. So the first thing they do, obviously, is they announce it, this, this merger, a couple of months ago, excuse me, not a merger, an agreement to to the players. They go on CNBC and, you know, it's just to get the, and the players are mad and people on the Golf Channel and all the pundits are, oh my God, can you believe it? And even non, um, 
sports people are talking about it, the sports washing and all the things that are happening with this with this merger. But when it all comes down to it, it's just to get the shock out of the system. And this hearing was the same. This hearing was the same. And I'll go as far as to call it a show trial. And that's that's really, really what it was. It was a show trial. And if there's one thing we've learned, it's that the Saudis are in complete control of everything. It's true. Um, the Saudis have as many votes as they need in the United States Senate and Congress if anything were to ever go that far. No one's going to make a big enough stink about it in the government. So all these people that are saying that, oh, this, this merger will never go through. It'll be blocked. The government will block it. Not a chance. Not a chance. And, uh, and, and they're calling the shots. You know, yes, the PGA Tour, we had two guys from the tour up there, Jimmy, and I don't even know the other guy's name, you know, talking about the merger and why they're doing it. But, excuse me, the agreement. <laughs> the agreement and why they're doing it. But, um, but when it comes down to it, they uh, they have their talking points, and I'll and I'll even back it further. Look, Jay Monahan, you know why wasn't he in front of Congress yesterday, or the subcommittee yesterday? Well, the Saudis don't want him there. You it, 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 Jay, I'm going to use a, a harsh term, is a useful idiot. He's a useful idiot. Not that he's stupid, but that's that's how the Saudis are using Jay right now. He um, he came out, he basically started a lawsuit against the Saudis saying, if you take our players, we're going to sue you. So he's kind of the reason the PGA Tour is in the situations that it's in to begin with. And, um, and then he says all this stuff about the Saudis and how horrible they are as a nation and blah, blah, blah. And so, the, the, so he, t- he takes a medical leave. He's on medical leave right now. And now he's, they've announced he's coming back. And he is. But when they first announced the deal, they put him out there. He says a bunch of stuff. He basically talks too much, you know. And so he gets out there on CNBC. He doesn't say a lot, but they sit him next to Yasser and, you know, we're going to do this deal. And then um, he, he goes to the players. He goes to the players meeting. Now, see, the players, they can be mad at Jay. Right? They have someone they can they can point the finger at. You lied to us. You you know, you broke our trust and all of this. So think of it from the Saudis' perspective. We have this guy running the PGA tour. The players are all mad at him. We can keep him in there as long as we need him. And then at some point he's going to be replaced, at least on the player side. You know, he might keep running tour operations, but He'll be replaced, and whoever the new person is going to come in and be a hero, they're going to save the day. They're going to give the players what they want. They're going to they're going to wine and dine them. So that's what you have with Jay. What else do we have here? Um, yeah, so he'll be used as needed with the PIF. Okay, so this other guy out that was doing most of the talking yesterday is Jimmy Dunn. He's the guy that brokered the deal. Um, and one of the main things he said is that we had to do this deal in order to survive. We had to do the deal in order to survive. You know, we couldn't financially afford it because they started a lawsuit like a bunch of idiots that they couldn't even, um, 
<laughs> Actually, um, let's get into the next point, which is which is what Congress was saying. And there were kind of a few main figures, but the main is um, is uh, Blumenthal, the senator from New York. And he he brought up the best point of the day. And he was like, the litigation is over. Correct? Yes, the litigation is over. So you guys can do whatever you want. And they said, yeah. So all, all Jimmy Dunn said was, hey, we're contract contractually obligated to try to make a deal. And if we can't make a deal, then live in the PGA Tour, just go on coexisting. So Blumenthal obviously asked the question, well, like, then why don't you just do that without the Saudis? Why don't you go raise some money somewhere else? And Bloom, or uh, excuse me, Jimmy Dunn was said, well, they'll continue to steal our players and basically put us out of business. Which is funny because earlier in the hearing, he said, all our players are independent contractors. And now he's saying, they'll steal all our players. Well, if they're independent contractors, can't they do what they want? Um, so that was funny. But yeah, just a total show trial. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take too much from it. Um, there were some documents that they released, but I don't know. That's just kind of like back and forth that people are going to talk about during negotiations. So not much there. And the sh you could tell it was a show trial because like senators would get up there and like bang the drum on whatever their, their, uh, their constituents want to hear. Like, oh, China's bad. Like some people started bringing up China. Are you going to do business? Promise us you're not going to do business with China. You think they get Facebook up there and say, hey, Facebook, promise you're not going to do business with China. Give me a break. And not only that, but like, look, if you're into to developing other tours and players from around the world, then you have to have China. You have to have the Far East, right? So there's that. Um, and then I'll, I'll put it all. Rand Paul summed it up the best. If you want to hear like a summary of what this is all about, just go to Rand Paul's and see what he said at the hearing, which was essentially, he's like, last year I put in a resolution to Congress to have a vote to stop all the money and weapons that we're sending to, the, that the Saudis are buying for us so they can kill the Yemenis, Yemen. You know how many people are getting killed in Yemen right now with our weapons that we provide to Saudi Arabia because they pay us money? Yeah, yeah, that's how the world works, folks. So... You know, Randall Shambly can get on there and say everything about the Saudis, and he's right. He's right. But at the same time, our government, we're best buds with them. Okay. Um, Tiger, where's Tiger in all of this? He was in some emails. Rory and Tiger were mentioned in some emails. In the document dump, all I will say about that is Tiger's been pretty silent on everything. And I would expect at some point he's going to get a sweetheart deal. He's going to get a team. He's going to get something out of this whole thing. So kudos to him. He's just sitting on the sidelines, letting everything shake out. Let's let all these guys throw the punches. And when they're all beaten up and punched out, he's going to show up and, and get some sort of deal. So that's cool. And uh, Yasir, His Excellency, wants to get a member at Augusta National as part of the deal and uh, into the Royal and Ancient uh, golf association, which is pretty good. I mean, these guys, they're number one, they're investing in the PGA and golf because it's going to make them a lot of money, even though it might be a small investment uh, in comparison to what they're investing in. They are going to make money on this and they know they can grow this thing. They're not just putting money in 
to put it in. Um, but one of the reasons is, is because Yasser and MSB, they want access to the big money and the big deals in the United States, most of which funnel through Augusta and the membership at Augusta. So that's, that's mainly their play. And then finally, Greg Norman. Oh, Greg Norman's out. If, if the deal goes through, Greg Norman is out. Can you believe that? Let's feel bad for another millionaire, billionaire. Um, actually, Greg is not going to be out. He might not be running the day-to-day. He might not be the CEO of Liv, but he has an ownership interest in Liv. So let's not feel bad for him, for him and all the money he's getting. And quite honestly, I was thinking about it this morning is, why would he want to be the CEO of it anyway? Like, of all the... I mean, the, the guy's in his 70s. I mean, unless it's just pure ego, like, I want to be the guy in, in control. But he's already started the league. He's already, you know, gotten... He, he's been successful in starting live and now getting to this point. So if he steps out, big deal to him. He still has an ownership interest. He doesn't have to run all the day-to-day stuff and deal with all the bullets that are going to be flying at him. And I'm not even talking about the merger stuff. Just the, the day-to-day of running, like, tournament operations. The reason Greg is out is because when the merger happens, then who's who's the best at running tournaments? The PGA. That's one of the things they do the best. The PGA really, if they're good at one thing, it's running tournaments. So that's where we stand with the merger. That's it. It'll continue to go on. Excuse me, the agreement to the agreement. The agreement to make an agreement to make a merger. Anyways, this whole thing's going to go through at some point in time. And it's fun to watch and pontificate and comment on. Finally, this week, let's speak about Liv. Liv just had a tournament in London, and that tournament was won by Cam Smith, 15 under par. You heard it here first. You've heard it before from other people. Cam Smith is the best putter in the world. This guy's putting stroke is absolutely amazing. I just created a video. It's on the Golf BPM channel in the app. And this week I timed all of Cam's putting and chipping to our putting and chipping music, which is a two to one tempo ratio. So if you were to ever mimic someone's putting stroke, Cam would be the guy. So yeah, he won it. He was pretty much in control the whole day. Although Patrick Reed did make it interesting at the end. If if Reed would have made like, this 15-foot putt that lipped out, it would have went to a playoff or probably would have went to a playoff. Cam Smith did bogey the last hole. He missed like a four-footer. <laughs> the best putter in the world missed a four-footer, just like you and me. So uh, Mark Leishman, Patrick Reed uh, finished 14 under par. And um, that oh, that putt that Cam Smith missed would have forced a team playoff. The four aces one in the team competition. That's Dustin Johnson's team, which is Patrick Reed and Pat Perez. I don't know who the fourth player is. But anyways, that would have forced a team playoff. And I have no idea how they do a playoff in the team concept. Still, I was hoping it would happen. So I would see it. I guess I could have looked it up. But yeah, I didn't. And um, let's just talk about the live event a little bit. Things I saw. Um, before the shotgun start or when the shotgun start happens, 
right before it, they do an Air Force flyover of planes. The shotgun isn't a shotgun. It's actually fireworks. There's a concert after the tournament. It's an idea I pitched to uh, Comcast Sports and uh, the PGA. They didn't like it. But a concert after a golf tournament. What a concept. They actually do it up at the tournament in Napa. We saw Rob Thomas play. And then I think one night it was the following night, it was Leonard Skinner, maybe after the tournament. So you walk out of the tournament, play ends at like dusk. And then like maybe a half hour, hour later, they had a concert right there. So if you buy a ticket into the PGA Tour event, you get to see the concert, which I thought was awesome. And a lot of people came out. A lot of my friends came that didn't even watch the golf tournament and came to the concert. New eyes. So um, all the data at the uh, live events, a lot of people attending the events that are under the age of 35. So live is, you you can say it's not successful, but what you can't say is that they're, they are attracting a younger demographic which is much needed in the golf community. Okay, this week, uh, two PGA Tour events, Barbasol Championship in Kentucky. That is, what are we going to call that, a B event? All the players that, I mean, I looked at the list. I don't even think anybody in the top 30 is at that event. So chance for somebody to get a win, to rank up, as they say. And then most of your big players are at the Genesis Scottish Open. So a chance to play a Lynx-style course the week before the British Open. So next weekend is, excuse me, the Open Championship. Next weekend is the Open Championship. So players get over there early. They get some exposure to the Lynx-style course. Maybe win the Scottish Open. And if not, plenty ready, rested, into the time zone, all of that. Okay, that is this week in golf. We'll get back next week with more on the winner of the Scottish Open and the Open Preview Show next week. Hey, it's Jeremy Callahan, and thanks for listening to This Week in Golf. Make sure and hit subscribe so you can get all the latest news and analysis from Golf VPN.